Cool. So you should all be able to see my shared screen. So basically, um, I have over the course of this year um, developed a coaching program and working with a couple of people um, over the course of the year and getting some really, really good results. Uh, and I've called it Momentum, and basically because it does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, I initially called it Fitness with Meaning, but it didn't fit right with me or whatever, so I've, I've changed the name to Momentum, essentially. But it's been getting such good results that I wanted to share with you guys. Now, I deliberately kept this kind of outside of SF Fitness because what I wanted to do is get back into the kind of deep coaching kind of side of things. So it's not about exercise or nutrition per se. It was more about the kind of deeper underlying stuff uh, with people. Um, so I've done various different kind of uh, coaching psychology courses over the years and stuff like that. Um, because very early on in my career, um, I've been doing this, this is my third decade in the fitness industry. Um, so I've been doing it over 20 years. And very early on in my career, I noticed um, a pattern of, of people kind of, you know, do people generally trying to do the same things over and over and over again. Um, and coming up against the same kind of obstacles, the same challenges and that kind of thing. So uh, that's how I got into, let's say, the kind of psychology behavior change side of things, as well as obviously studying nutrition, exercise and so on. Um, and it would be great if it was as easy as just eat less, exercise more. But um, I kind of use that kind of slogan uh, as the same as saying to someone who's drowning to drown less and swim more. It's the right information. It's just utterly useless. So as I said, kind of I've created this program, especially after COVID and it was so much kind of like business survival and everything like that. And that's not why I got into you know, the coaching industry. Uh, you know, I got into help to help people change and transform their lives. So um, that's why I kind of really honed down and, and wanted to keep it separate from, from SF Fitness, essentially. But over the years in SF Fitness, we have run various different challenges. And again, kind of seeing things like this was, a, well, I think in the first year we opened or the second year we opened, we ran a jeans challenge. So it was essentially you pick a pair of jeans that's at least a jean size, if not two jean sizes too small. And um, we uh follow a program for eight weeks and see if we can fit in the jeans by the end of it. And lo and behold, everyone's nice and shocked that they're able to close their jeans um, by the end of it. And uh, we have done other challenges, very successful challenges. Um, this one we called Get Back in the Game. And this was a six-week program where we had a cash prize for the winners and we'd split people into teams and it was the people who most lost the most amount of fat, gained the most amount of muscle, a combination of that, and they'd literally win um, €750,000 or something like that each. I can't remember what the exact kind of prize money was, but again, literally paying you to lose weight. But with any program I've ever run, any sorry, challenge I've ever run, the biggest uh, thing that kind of, I would focus in on is not on the results that people got. It was on the results, the people that didn't get. So the people that fell off the, the, the wagon, so to speak, as they were trying to follow the program or people that lost and got great results doing the challenge. But as soon as the challenge was over, they just kind of went back to their normal ways and started gaining weight. Now, a lot of people did the challenges, got great results, kept the results, but rather than focusing on them, I was focusing on, okay, why didn't this work for some people? Um, why do some people can lose the weight during it, but then fall off and, and, and kind of gain the weight back and go back into their old ways? Um, so that's kind of one of the reasons why, as I said, I kind of, I kind of focused more on the, the, the lasting change and, and why I kind of created momentum. So, 
with momentum, um, as I said, it's kind of seeing people struggle with the same thing over and over and over again. And essentially what it kind of boils down to is they're kind of using as much willpower as possible or as much effort as possible to try and stick to a plan. Um, but the problem with willpower is, is that it's a finite resource. And willpower is activated in the same part of the brain as our short-term memory. So essentially when we get overstressed, busy, blah, 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 i.e. go through a typical day, our willpower reduces. And it's kind of like the battery on your phone. You've got all these things running around and your battery's going to die a lot quicker. So willpower is a finite resource. We cannot rely on willpower to get us the results that we're looking for. Um, focusing on then the wrong things. So like, I'm going to cut out sugar. I'm going to cut out this. I'm going to you know, cut out bread, blah, blah, blah. Again, kind of honing in on individual little areas, um, thinking that this is what they need to do. But a lot of times with stuff like that is, is it, 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 even the thought about it for some people is like that it's too hard or too overwhelming. So they don't even bother. You know, they think about, OK, I need, I need to I need to start on Monday, but I'm going to have to do this, 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 and this. Oh, geez. And it gets overwhelming. You know, they think about how much effort. And, and again, a lot of people don't start, don't don't even start because of it. Um, and essentially what we can kind of boil this down to is it's called the all or nothing mentality. So it's either we're either on it or it's nothing at all. And in order to be on it, it needs to kind of be the right time. So people are waiting for the right time or waiting to have the motivation, um, you know, waiting for something just to click and to go, okay, yeah, now, now I'm ready. I can do it now. Um, they're, they're waiting in hope um, and essentially leaving it up to chance. Um, and as I said, is, 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 is that people put in an awful lot of effort, but the problem is they're putting in the wrong effort in the wrong places. So, one of the things is, is it's not what you think. So a lot of people will say, it's like, oh, no, but I, I've eaten really healthily. Well, why didn't I get results or, you know, that kind of thing? Or I know how to get results. I've just got to start eating healthily again. But eating less does not guarantee you're going to lose weight. Eating healthily doesn't guarantee you're going to lose weight. Exercising more doesn't guarantee you're going to lose weight. Being hungry doesn't guarantee weight loss. And being good, you know, people talk about, oh, it was good this week or I had a bad week or blah, blah, blah. But being good does not guarantee weight loss. And I'll go through this kind of as, as well as we're going through it. Um, and likewise, the opposite is true as well, that eating more is not going to stop your efforts. It's not going to stop weight, lo weight loss. Or eating unhealthily doesn't ruin your efforts, doesn't stop weight loss. Exercising less, um, being full, being bad. Again, none of this is guaranteed to ruin your efforts or to stop your efforts. However, with the all or nothing mentality, this is what kind of people think is that they can just because they have one unhealthy meal or snack or a chocolate bar, or, you know, they, they, they fall off the wagon that it's, that's it. That ruined my efforts, blah, blah, blah. I might as well start again next week or when it's a better time, et cetera. And I kind of, I know from talking, I've just spoken to, to many of you on this already as well as I, that, you know, this is kind of generally the case that, um, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're being good and you're kind of, trying to get some momentum during the week, but then you eat something that was off your plan or you didn't, you know, kind of mean to, and you think, ah, oh, 
like I had someone come up to me before and kind of, John, I broke your diet. I was like, you broke it? How did you bring, you know? But again, it's this mentality that we have around dieting and weight loss kind of specifically that, um, you know, we're either on it or off it. I've fallen off the wagon. We use things like, you know, kind of language like this. I've broken my diet. Um, but essentially is this is all, again, it's all a myth. Um, and what I want to go through and present to you today and show you kind of the, the, the real things we need to focus on in order to get the results that, that, that we're looking for. Um, so there's only one reason that diet, diets work. Uh, and that's when we use more energy than we consume. That's the only reason any diet or weight loss intervention actually works. We end up using more energy than we've consumed. And the reason why that works is simply because fat equals stored energy. So is muscle as well. So both fat and muscle, they're tissues in the body, but they're stored energy. One pound of fat is the equivalent of three and a half thousand calories. And one pound of muscle is the equivalent of 2,700 calories. Um, and again, not necessarily vitally important to know this stuff, but have an awareness of it that essentially when we say we want to lose weight, what essentially what we mean is, is we want to give our body a reason to use our stored energy. And essentially, they would end up consuming less than we're using. Now, any diet that causes you to consume less than you're using uh, will work for weight loss. The problem is most diets are focused around most diets are focused around the, the so much restriction that yes you end up consuming less but it, it, it's by forcing you to consume less almost rather than actually teaching you how to do it in a kind of sustainable long-term kind of way um so again like it doesn't matter what the diet is like if it's a low-carb diet um you know, somebody goes from eating lots of carbohydrate during the day to eating low, little to none, they're going to end up losing weight because they've consumed less than what they were using. Likewise, is a form of, of, of uh, kind of dieting called intermittent fasting. And again, it's basically it's skipping breakfast. So again, anybody that would eat a kind of substantial amount for breakfast, they stop eating breakfast, they're going to ultimately start losing some weight. Um, but this is all dependent on, let's say, where you're starting from. So if someone's only eating a light breakfast, like a couple of pieces of fruit or something like that, and they do try this intermittent fasting, it's not really going to work for them because they're not making a significant dent. They weren't eating a huge amount for breakfast anyway. They skip breakfast, start eating at lunch, but they've only skipped a couple of hundred calories. It's not enough to actually make a significant dent. Um, likewise, with a low-carb diet, like I, I've, it's something I used to recommend years ago, back in like the, the, the late kind of, 2000s and stuff like that i was kind of quite an advocate of, of low carb because i saw it kind of work quite well um but uh i had some people follow it and they didn't get results and essentially you got to look at it as well how many, many carbohydrates were they actually eating prior to you know, do you know what i mean some people we've all got different kind of lifestyles different foods that we like different things that influence our essentially kind of starting point and if that starting point let's say for a low carb diet is already on a low carb kind of basis well then reducing some of those carbs out of the diet is not really going to make a huge difference where someone is just eating carbs 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 cuts them all out and basically ends up eating vegetables and nuts well then yeah of course you're going to start losing weight on it but again is we've got to look at how sustainable is this in the long term so one of the things is i've mentioned there is talking about um the idea of consuming less than we're using now 
when we're consuming less than we're using, I'm specifically using the term using and not burning. And there's a very good reason for that. Um, when we look at activity, this is a kind of an average of um, how many uh, calories we can burn per hour based on the activity that we're doing. So at pure rest, lying down, roughly on average 77 calories per hour. Now, this is dependent based on your age, your height, your genetics, your weight, et cetera, all that. But again, if we just look at these as averages, at pure rest, we're burning 77 calories per hour. Now, if we look at, let's say, standing while fidgeting or, you know, kind of akin to maybe pottering about the kitchen or the house or something like that, you're burning 148 calories an hour. And then if you're walking at three miles an hour or it's about 5K an hour, uh, you burn about 300 calories. Now, if we look at the difference between standing while fidgeting uh, and, and walking, going for an hour's walk, essentially, the difference is 150 calories. So we're not burning an extra 300 calories with the exercise. We're only burning an extra 150 if we were just pottering about the house. Or if we just literally sat still on the couch, we, we would have burned 80 calories. So again, the, the difference is that 220 calories, it's not we're burning 300 extra calories. So um, I'm not saying all this to depress you, but like the, 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 the significance of it is that doing that walk versus pottering about the house is about 1 24th of a pound of fat that you'd burn extra. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's not anywhere significantly noticeable in terms of results when we're looking at activity levels and exercise. And that's why I said, I don't like to use the term burning off when we're talking about weight loss, because it's very hard to burn off. Another thing that I want to show you as well is, is that this is a kind of study done um, on essentially how much we can exert ourselves kind of through, uh, through exercise. And basically what they said is the average participant could burn roughly 600 calories an hour exercising at their highest, highest level. So average is about 10 calories per minute over the course of 60 minutes at 600 calories. And this is like literally to exhaustion. You would be in a heap on the floor after doing something like this. And that's the maximum amount of calories one can burn. If we did this three days a week in this first column where the red line is down at the bottom, that's the equivalent of half a pound of fat a week. Again, exercising to exhaustion for an hour, three times a week would give you about half a pound of fat loss a week. Um, and then if you double that and did six days a week, you might burn a pound of fat. The problem is, is that's completely unsustainable to put in that level of exertion on the body. And then if we look at the differences of, let's say, if we do half the level of exertion, so like a, a five out of 10, essentially, um, we burn 300 calories so over six workouts or, you know, and these could be like walks and stuff like that. I showed you that walking at you know, 5K an hour burns about 300 calories. But that would be the equivalent of your three exercise, three hard, hard exercise sessions that you can do it six times a week and you lose the same amount of fat. So as I said, the, the, the difference between putting in all that effort is not, not that much extra at all. So that's why we can't use exercise to try and burn more calories. Um, it's just like we just can't physically burn that much. Also, what happens is, is if the more we try and do, uh, it equals added stress to the body, which can then increase our hunger hormones, because essentially you're doing so much activity that your body's actually kind of makes you want to eat more to recover from that, etc. But also what some, a lot of people don't realize is that the metabolism is adaptive. It's dynamic. So what can happen is, is that if you burn, let's say, an extra 200 calories in a workout or add an extra workout in a week, 
your metabolism may, now it's not guaranteed and it doesn't have necessarily happen all the time, but it has been shown in studies that your metabolism may slow down and then conserve that 200 calories later on in the day. Essentially, it would do this by fidgeting less, producing less heat, uh, literally reducing your brain power. Your brain consumes about 20% of your daily energy needs. Um, so it would just literally, you'd find it harder to focus, concentrate, et cetera. And just being general lethargic and that kind of thing, you just wouldn't have enough energy. So your body is essentially built for survival. That's why it stores fat. It's to, there to protect us, believe it or not. Um, the problem is, is that was we've evolved when we needed that protection to a point where we don't, you know, we've got an abundance of food, et cetera, and that kind of thing. So um, as I said, the metabolism is very, very adaptive. So it can adjust to what you're doing. And that's what I said is, is, is the general kind of approaches that people make um, they're doing the same thing over and over again and kind of expecting like a different result when we don't quite actually understand what the metabolism is doing in our, in our body. So um, essentially kind of we can review all this in a kind of nutshell that some diets and methods can work for some people some of the time, but not all diets and methods will work for all people all of the time. And especially when it comes to keeping it off. See, and that's the thing is that most diets are just focused on the weight loss side of things. So it's like, how do I lose weight? Will you cut out this, stop eating this, blah, 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 blah. It was like, how do I actually keep that weight off? Like, I know if I did a, did, did a, did a show of hands, let's say we do a show of hands here. It's like, if I said, right, here's a challenge, right? I'll pay you a grand if you can lose five pounds in a week. Most of you would be pretty good at doing that. Saying, yeah, a grand, absolutely. And you'd be pretty good at being able to get quite close to the five pound mark. Again, what do you do? Just starve yourself, blah, 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 stuff like that. But it's different then when it comes to actually, okay, how do we actually get sustainable weight loss? How do we keep it off? That's the big issue. So most people are very, very good at losing weight. We know how to lose weight. It's just the keeping it off side of things that becomes, is the trickier side of things, is the challenge. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to stop this and just double check that everybody is okay. So those of you who can see, thumbs up, everything okay? Perfect. Good stuff. Always when I'm presenting and I can't see people's faces, I'm like, oh, it's like I turned off. Can everyone hear me or whatever like that? So it's all good. So just remember, if you do have questions on stuff, um, there's a chat box there. Pop in your questions, that kind of thing. Um, I see people taking notes and everything. Super. Um, all good. Right. So going back to sharing my screen. Again, I'll jump back into the chat um, every now and again. Um, cool. Okay. So. Essentially, what it boils down to in terms of when we're looking at sustainability is your ability to stick to the plan. As I said, is yeah, no problem. You could try and lose five pounds in a week just by, you know, eating minimal and stuff like that. But like, what's your ability to do this over the course of six, eight, 12 weeks and beyond? So the question, though, is, is, is it your ability or is it the plan? And I've kind of coined a phrase that if the plan is too hard to stick to, then the plan is too hard to stick to. Essentially, it's a wrong plan for, for where you're at or for your ability. And that's the key, 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 key thing. If you're finding too hard to stick to something, what you're trying to do is simply too hard for you to do. And it's no, like, you, know, you don't have to feel like, oh, ashamed of it, or it's not a weakness on your part. It's just simply the wrong plan for you. Um, so what we've got to look at is both sides of the coin here. We've got to look at your ability and the plan. So we'll go look at the plan first. Um, so the first thing is, is uh, it can be too vague, which is quite, quite a common problem. So uh, hands up who's ever said, oh, I'm going to start it on Monday. I'll start my diet on Monday and I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to eat healthily for Monday. That's, that's not a plan. It's too vague. Your brain can't 
guide you in a direction there because it's so vague. Um, I've had people literally tell me that, uh, you know, I kind of, they tell me, okay, no, I'm going to start on Monday. Yeah, and then on like Tuesday, Wednesday, I check in with them. How are we getting on? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to eat healthily. I forgot to, do you know what I mean? Again, because it's far too vague. There is essentially no plan. So we need to be much more specific in terms of, of our plan like that. Now, when I say specific, we don't have to be too specific. And, and a lot of diets are very, very specific. And, and what I want to actually share here is uh, someone I'm actually currently working with, and I want to share the nutrition plan they were recommended to do prior, prior, uh, prior to them kind of coming on and working with me. Um, so let me share. Is it? There we go. Um, Okay, so basically, uh, this is a 50-odd-year-old male, um, and he was, he was advised to eat about 2,000 calories a day, which, in my opinion, is way too low. But anyway, um, ignore most of this, but essentially, I'm just going to kind of quickly fly through it. Uh, for breakfast, one egg medium, 160 grams of egg whites, 35 grams of spinach, not 40, but 35. It's very important, very specific. Uh, chicken breast or turkey, white fish, blah, blah, blah. Green fibrous vegetables, 50 grams. Uh, you can have one carb meal active times of the day or for near your workout. Uh, green fibrous vegetables, chicken breast, turkey, fish, uh, sweet potato, baked, steamed, uncooked. You can have 160 grams of that. Another carb meal too, again, pretty much the same, except, ooh, we can have some rice instead of sweet potato. Um, next one, eggs again, just egg and one egg medium. What was that one? That was a bedtime meal. Yeah, the, who fancies having that at bedtime? Um, and then some extras. Oh, I'm allowed some non-calorie vitamin C and water and stuff like that. Um, but essentially, as I said, he's kind of looking at these like post-workout, pre-workout and stuff like that. Um, so the in a, in a nutshell, the uh, it's far too specific. Um, for the uh, for for someone to follow, do you know? Do you know what I mean? I said that's like a professional bodybuilder's plan. Um, so way, way, way too specific. Oftentimes, diets are far too restrictive. Um, you know, it's 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 we're not allowed to have sugar. We're not allowed to have alcohol. We're not allowed to have X, Y, Z. Um, and again, it's kind of like uh, by having that much restriction on us. It, it's only going to be a short-term thing. No, no matter how um, much effort and energy you can put into it, if you have to cut out certain things, essentially it's going to start to alienate you from living a normal life, i.e. going to social events and so on and things like that. So, um, and, and then finally as well is oftentimes diets and plans and stuff like that that we have, they're far too rigid. So like there's no, like letting that plan that I showed you there, it's just like, it's so rigid that there's like there's no room for a margin of error or anything like that. So you must eat 160 grams of this. You must, you know, and it's like, so what happens if 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 I miss a meal, if I don't have the ingredients at home or blah blah blah, what do I do then? Again, there's no there's no um allowance there to to have some well, if you can't have this, have this or have a choice of this or blah, anything like that. Um so basically. Uh, with regards to following a plan, what I kind of, the most important thing with a plan is that it must be based on your ability to follow a plan. So for example, that diet, and I mentioned is kind of like a professional bodybuilders type of diet um, or like, like a, like a, uh, an, an, an actor trying to get in, you know, shape, you know, one of those like Hugh Jackman or Chris Helmsworth or whatever, you know, Daniel Craig getting ready for James Bond. Essentially what they do, they go on very restrictive diets um, prior to shooting the scenes that they're going to have their tops off. Um, 
and diet down so hard so that they're kind of that like you know skin is kind of like wafer thin type of thing um but interestingly what they do is they do that they at the start of the shooting of the movie they film all the topless photos and then they basically go back eating normally they'll gain a bit of fat and stuff like that but they're you know all the scenes have been shot so that they don't need to kind of essentially um uh be that lean essentially or be that in shape um but these are professional actors they're getting paid to do it they have professional chefs they have you know a gym on site on the, on, on the set they have a personal trainer on site on set at their beck and call so like they're you know tra- able to train two three times a day you know the chef is just handing them their meals and so on and so forth so their ability to follow a plan like that is a hell of a lot greater than than than, than, than most of ours so then looking at ability so a lot of things are going to affect your ability, but your energy levels are obviously paramount in terms of um, how much energy you have on a daily basis. Your hunger levels while following the plan, really, really key factor in determining, you know, your, 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 again, your ability to say, actually, interestingly, the, the guy there um, who I'm working with at the moment on Momentum, um, and I showed you his plan, he was, he had to eat six times a day, but he was hungry all the time. His big thing was like, I'm hungry all the time trying to follow this. And the second biggest thing was that he would try be able to follow it for a certain period of time and put in the effort and not going to, you know, you know, try and kind of like, you know, use as much and force the willpower, everything like that. But it will come to a point where he's just like, screw this, goes down to the shop and binges. And it was a, he's on a, he was on a vicious cycle like, like this over and over. Um, stress, huge, huge factor in determining, um, our ability and, thing. and what I use with, with, with these kind of things is your ability, but essentially what all these things, if they're off, they add friction to our life. They're, they're like kind of, we're trying to drive with the handbrake on. So no matter how much effort we try and drive down that accelerator, if the handbrake's on, we ain't going anywhere very fast. Uh, sleep, another huge factor into it. Um, but also then your knowledge of kind of what works for you. Not just what works, your knowledge of what works for you, because as I said, what works for some people won't work for other people. And then your expectations about what results to expect, um, which is a huge, huge factor and actually quite a big uh, part of um, the momentum program I've been running with people is actually showing them what their body is physically capable of of achieving in terms of weight loss results and that kind of thing. Um, There's a huge kind of myth around the expectation side of things which I'll get into, but just kind of giving you an example. So again, we're choosing our plan based on our, build, based on our ability. So we've got very low energy levels. Um, oftentimes I've spoken to people and they're kind of like, I'm just so tired when I get in the evening, I can't be bothered making something healthy. So we need to offset this somehow, because as I said, initially when you're starting off something like this is, is you're not going to have huge amount of energy levels. Of that. So if the energy is very low, well, we need quick and easy meals that are healthy so potentially we need to have some meals prepared or ideas that are easy just to kind of go i just need xyz from the fridge and from the cupboard put it together it's done in five minutes and it's healthy enough and i know it's part of you know kind of my plan and and that kind of thing uh whereas if it's left to chance it can it's easy to just like i'm on the way home i just ring a takeaway and kind of you know have it delivered or whatever like that or again just choosing really quick easy things but generally they're, they're more if there's no plan put in place they're more higher calorie stuff that's uh, that's not going to help us hunger obviously it's a big one but if our hunger is very high 
and we're hungry all the time, especially on you know a lot of the restrictive diets that I kind of mentioned. Um, again, you're you're just battling your 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 urge to eat all the time, and again, you're never going to win that battle. So, choose more filling foods. Now, one person's fill more filling food can be another person's, you know, kind of something that's like, no, actually, like I eat that and two hours later, I'm absolutely ravenous again. So again, it's, it's all based on, on individuality. And essentially with momentum is what I do at the start of the plan. I do a lifestyle analysis. So we're essentially identifying where your friction lies, where your handbrakes are and putting plan in place then to kind of say, okay, how about we start at this point? Uh, stress. So essentially stress, um, changes the hormones makeup in our body and will cause us to have cravings. Stress is essentially a threat to the body uh, or your body as perceiving threat. Uh, so it wants to seek safety. It wants to seek comfort, comfort eating. Do you know what I mean? Very, very common th thing that we kind of, you know, having a busy day and blah, blah, blah. And we seek this comfort. And again, it's because of the stress response in the body that we're seeking this. So rather than trying to avoid cravings, we allow for cravings. Uh, but also, as again, doing things that actually switches from stress mode into rest mode. Stress mode is a fight or flight. Um, it's known as the sympathetic nervous system. There's another side to it called your parasympathetic nervous system, or we call it rest and digest. Um, and essentially is, is with our lifestyles, uh, it's go, 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 go. It's fight or flight all the time. We teach our body to stay in stress mode and find it very hard to get out because we don't teach it to get out of stress mode to get into that parasympathetic nervous system. So there are ways, again, you can literally change your nervous system um, and teach it and train it to go into that kind of rest mode more of the time, which means it's not that we avoid stress. It's that the stress doesn't last as long. We can take ourselves out of the stress response and it doesn't have the negative effects on us because we know how to kind of essentially bring us out of that. Um, Sleep is another huge one. Lots of studies on sleep in regards to weight loss and things like that. So one of the things is that uh, people with sleep dep deprivation have been shown to eat 30% more calories the following day. 30% more calories the following day while they're sleep deprived. Again, it's just hunger hormones and stuff like that, uh, cravings, etc. Um, but also as well is with sleep deprivation is people have been shown to lose half the amount of fat. So in the same diet, but people lose half the amount of fat on the sleep, but they lose more muscle. And again, it's because their body sleep is essentially a regeneration process in the body. So it allows us to reset our hormones and regenerate and that kind of thing. So if we're not having great, so, you know, there's lots of different things that you can kind of do for better sleep. Um, and again, it's not necessarily looking, oh, you should get eight hours of sleep. It depends where you're starting from. But um, for an awful lot of people I've worked with on momentum, it's just essentially setting a better bedtime routine going to bed that little bit earlier. Um, but your body actually loves a routine of going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time. If we can do that, that's something that's kind of very, very powerful. It basically balances our circadian rhythm, which is essentially our body clock type of thing. But it, for energy levels and stuff like that, having that regular routine, really good. There are sleep aids like supplements and blue light blockers, all sort of various different things like that. Again, depending on the person, what they need. But then when it comes to the knowledge, okay, what works? And it's not necessarily what works, it's what works for you. So the biggest thing is, is to have patience while you're following your plan so you can test it and then assess whether it's working and then make the progress based off that. Whereas with most diets, it's like follow a diet, I either get results or I don't. And then if I don't, right, I'm going to bin it. Um, so again, is everyone's an individual. So the, the I've, uh, people I've, I've, I've run momentum with this year, it's, 
been really interesting because I've given such different types of nutrition advice to everyone, um, but I've never actually gone so in depth and actually told, you know, given someone a diet plan or anything like that. I, I have no idea really what they ate. They've done various different things themselves in terms of to being able to um, uh, help them follow a plan that fits into their lifestyle that gets the weight loss results, that gets the kind of long-term sustainable results that, that they were looking for. And then again, I mentioned the expectations, but sometimes our expectations are far too high and we don't have enough patience on the results that we're getting. Um, and the problem with that is if we're expecting these faster results and we don't see them, well, then we get disheartened that, oh, it's not working, it's not working. When in fact, it actually might be working and it might be working very well for you in terms of your ability to actually progress and get, get the results. And that's how the whole thing is, is trying to build that momentum of actually getting results and not trying to lose the weight within a week or two weeks. You know what I mean? It didn't take us that long to put it on. It's, you know, that short of time to put it on. It's certainly not going to take us that long, long to uh, that short of time to burn it off. So with regards to expectations, I just want to go through kind of a few numbers on this um, because um, it's a really kind of important aspect of making progress and getting results and kind of being realistic results. So uh, three and a half thousand calories, as I said, one pound of fat. So if you wanted to lose a pound a week, let's say, um, we'd essentially reduce reduce it by 500 a day, reduce your intake by 500 a day to get that three and a half thousand a week, you'd lose a pound of fat a week, roughly. Um, so let's say if somebody was eating 2000 calories a day, they're starting off, that's 14,000 a week. Now, the reason why I'm doing a week here is because what you do at one meal or one food, one day, is not important. It's your bigger picture. It's the weeks, it's the months that are actually going to determine your uh, your overall results. That's why I'm kind of putting it into, into the week side of things. That's 14,000 calories a week someone starting out in that. So they want to lose a pound of fat a week. They need to eat 10,500 calories a week or 1,500 a day. So that's doable for many people that can kind of go, go, go about that. The issue arises when, let's say, we want to bring it up to two, two pounds a week. That's 7,000 calorie intake a week, um, which is only eating 1,000 calories a day. It's quite hard to do to eat that little, that le little less amount of food. Uh, it's not impossible. Most of these kind of restrictive diets that we see would roughly probably equate to about that amount of calories when people are really heavily restricting themselves and cutting out sugars and, you know, breads and, you know, carbs, blah, 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 blah. Um, coming into the three pounds a week, if you were to wanted to lose three pounds a week, starting from this 2000 kind of calorie baseline, you'd only be able to eat three and a half thousand calories a week, which is only 500 a day. So this is where the expectation side comes in. Now, your ability to lose weight is based on your basically your starting weight and height and stuff like that. Um, but as I said, is the more weight you're trying to lose, the more restriction you've got to put in. And the more restriction you put in, the less likely you are going to be able to stick to this in any sort of long term kind of uh, uh, long term um, plan. So, losing a pound a week might be the best results you can expect. And the thing with that is we, we're, we're too short-sighted as well. So like if we lost a pound a week every week for a year, we'd be 52 pounds lighter. That's just shy of four stone. And again, there's a lot of people I know is talking on this. They don't even want to lose four stones. You know, like they don't need to lose four stone, but like it's, it's a significant amount when we look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is trying to teach us how to actually have these sustainable results rather than trying to jump at these quick fixes and just lose the weight, gain it back, lose the weight, gain it back, lose the weight, gain it back. So I'll jump in. Cool. 
everybody all good just double checking excellent good stuff go back to me sharing Okay, so uh, back to creating momentum. In terms of the results you get, you've got to realize that they're a direct reflection on your daily habits and your behaviors. So that's what we need to focus on. It's not focusing on the results. And, and that's what we kind of tend to, most people tend to do is they focus on the results rather than changing these daily behaviors, da da daily habits. Now, if we want different results, and let's say your current results right now are a reflection of the habits and behaviors you do on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you want different results, we need different habits, different behaviors. But we don't want to start to add in too many or too much, things that are too create too much friction in our lives because your body has these default habits and behaviors. And when we try and add in something that's too far out of our so let's say we look, talk about the all or nothing side of things. The so people kind of go into this all, all side of the all or nothing and trying to do everything. There's so much stuff there and it's so intense and so much to do that as soon as life gets in the way and the, 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 you know, we kind of get busy and we have to do things and we have to deal with stresses at work and so on and so forth, we automatically just go back into default. It's your brain's coping mechanism. Your brain will just go to default. It doesn't like making too many decisions. It doesn't like making too many changes. So it'll just go to default. So what we've got to make sure is that anything that we do is just a step up from default, not 10 steps forward from default. So that's where I said, kind of coming into the lifestyle analysis side of things and identifying where our starting point is rather than looking at it. The way I look at it is, is in terms of weight loss or health or whatever, is we've got to look at it like a spectrum. It's not lived on the edges. Being healthy is not this all or nothing side of things or so it's somewhere in the middle along this spectrum for you. And, and, and the key thing is to look at it's being healthier or trying to get fitter or trying to get stronger. It's not about being the ultimate. It's about just kind of, you know, turning the dial a notch up. And that's what helps build momentum. That's what helps actually create the lasting changes and lasting results. So when it comes to, you know, uh, identifying a behavior and kind of bringing it into it and trying to build it into a habit. There's a kind of a qualification you can use for it. Is that, are you ready? Are you willing? And are you able to do that? So I'm working with someone at the moment and for, for various reasons, they're not ready to join a gym. It's just completely out of the question. So they don't have to join a gym. Do you know what I mean? So, so but, but that's the, 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 the key is, is that if they're not ready to join a gym, and they're looking, or let's say this, the pro momentum force, you know, was like, no, 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 you have to do it. And you have to do it in the gym. Well then, you know, it's not going to work for it. So that's the first thing we must be ready to actually take on that habit or behavior. Now that's not just ready to get the results. Anyone here can ask, are you ready to go? Okay. Yours. Yeah, I'm ready. But are you ready to actually take on this new behavior, new habit, or to start to change something? Are you willing to do it? And are you able to do it? So I'll use this kind of same, same, same woman as an example. So she's not ready to join a gym. She was willing to walk every day of the week, but when it went through her lifestyle and her ability to actually go out for that walk every evening, that was actually putting too much on her plate. So we decided on to start with three walks a week and we split them over the course of the week. So she was able to do that and she has been able to do that and she's been willing to, you know, and everything. So it just becomes in and it's much easier to build a habit when we are ready, willing, and able. Whereas, as I said, is, yeah, sure, she might have been ready to get results and willing to walk seven days, but if she had started with that, that 
as soon as she starts missing out on a walk, then it starts to have that negative kind of effect. Oh, I didn't get my walk tonight. I didn't get my walk tonight. Uh, and, 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 and a seven day a week walk, it now turns down to, oh, well, I'm only getting four or five. So we, as I said, we might as well just start on a, at a baseline that we know we can hit and then we can build it up from there. So this is where it comes in, as I said, is, is creating a specific lifestyle plan based around habits and behaviors uh, rather than based around, you know, a specific diet or exercise or whatever like that. Um, and one of the really important side of things is, is that it, we need to be consciously reminded about this because it's new. This needs to be kind of forefront at our mind. And like I said, is we don't want to fall back into default. So um, making things very visible um, can be essentially uh, a really important aspect of creating a new habit or new behavior. Um, you know, just putting it in front of you so it's not just, you know, kind of uh, ignored when, you know, we got busy and stressed. And then accountability as well, which is, is a huge factor. Now, what I want to do is share with you a message I actually got yesterday um, on the accountability side of things. Um, da, da, da. So it says, the accountability was key. Knowing that I had you in my corner to help me create habits that were easy to bring into my life was key. These habits now become part of my everyday life. So the accountability essentially is if you know you've got someone looking, someone watching, you're more, way more likely to keep doing what you said you would do. Whereas if it's only you, we tend to let ourselves off the hook an awful lot of the time. So um, yes, that's where it's essentially kind of a huge aspect of the program that I created was that accountability side of things. And then, as I mentioned before, is on the knowledge side of things, well, we have to figure out what works for you. So we need to test something. We need to assess it. And then we need to make progress based off the results of that test, essentially. So we're testing a new behavior. We're assessing it. Did it work? Yes or no. And then we make progress. We adjust as needed as we go. So for an example, let's say you kind of look at a, 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 like a weight loss test type of thing. So we need some sort of plan. So again, it's like not necessarily a diet, but essentially we're choosing your meals um, and creating a shopping list. Actually, that guy I kind of showed you in terms of what, what I basically helped with him is he was on this such a rigid diet. I basically asked him, what's your favorite breakfast? What's your favorite lunch? What's your favorite thing to have for dinner? Right. Okay. That's what I want you to start eating. Do you know what I mean? Just to put it in and we're going to test it to see if that works. So he's now his big thing he was saying is that he didn't, he felt like he had absolutely no control over his way of eating or anything like that. And again, because he was handed a, a sheet like that, that I showed you, um, literally after three or four days of doing the program, uh, he was like, Oh, I finally feel like I have some control over this now, which is huge. Um, but as I said, as, as I said, you asked him, what did you, what do you like eating for breakfast? What do you like eating for lunch? What do you like eating for? Okay. That's what we're going to go with. Um, and then in terms of looking at behaviors and habits, that we might want to change or improve again to remove these handbrakes to remove the friction from the life because the more friction you have the harder it is it's going to be to, to build anything so again we've got to kind of bring things down going back to the ready willing and able side of things if we're not willing and able to do something we've got to just tone it down a little bit until we actually are say yes i'm willing to do this i'm able to do this let's go because that builds the momentum rather than as i said the the, the opposite way of the seven walks a week that was you know the ability to do that just wasn't there in terms of the the, the, the busyness of the lifestyle so again, these new behaviors and habits could be based around even snacking, bedtime, water, again, all based on where you're starting from, based on your current ability, based on your current handbrakes. And then we need to assess things. Okay. So the typical, let's say weight loss, you know, we use the scales, we step in the scales. Am I losing weight? Yes or no. 
So obviously we do need a measurement to know if we're actually getting results, if we're, we're losing weight. Um, but other things to use are a tape measure, you know, inch losses, uh, clothes, you know, like I showed you on the jeans challenge side, side of things is like, we didn't focus on the scale weight at all. We just focused on the jeans. And when we did that, it was amazing the amount of people who at the halfway point of the program put on the jeans and were kind of like, well, like, what's the point in doing oh my God, they fit already. Now, it might've been a bit of a squeeze, but like only halfway through the program. But there's the, the surprise and shock on people's faces that, oh my God, they fit. So clothes are such a good, really good indicator on in terms of your progress. And then pictures like I kind of showed you in the other one as well. Um, but it's not the only indicator of progress. So two, two really key aspects are, are hunger and energy. So one of the reasons why I want to assess hunger and energy is because if we're hungry all the time and our energy is low, even if we're getting results, they're not going to last because the hunger and energy are going to win out. Your body is literally going to crave more food. You're going to want to put more energy in to help with the fact that we're not having enough energy. So again, coming back to the very low calorie kind of restrictive kind of diets, people are hungry and low energy all the time. They're only a short term thing. And essentially what we're doing is we're asking the question, is this lifestyle that I'm living, these behaviors and habits that I'm, that I'm implementing, are they working? You know, is this working? Is this lifestyle working? Sometimes the answer might be no. Sometimes the answer is yes. If the answer is no, we work and, and kind of move on. Now, um, with regards to weighing yourself, one of the things I recommend uh, and I've done on Momentum is got people to start weighing themselves daily. Now, I have a huge amount of initial friction on this, though, where people kind of go, oh, my God, I can't weigh myself. I can't see that number daily. I can't see that number daily. But the problem is, is that your weight fluctuates. And your daily weight will fluctuate because of fluid balance in your body, not because of fat. Uh, again, one pound of fat is three and a half thousand calories. So that's a huge amount difference. Like if you're only eating 2,000 calories a day and you hop on the scales the next day and you're, you're a pound up, it can't be fat. You didn't eat an extra three and a half thousand calories if you only ate the 2,000 of your normal kind of daily intake. So what can cause your fluid balance to go all over the place, essentially? Uh, lots of different things. Your hydration, which can you know be in terms of not just drinking water, but your salt intake can affect your hydration levels uh, uh, as well. Uh, stress, largely that kind of has an impact on hormones, which has an impact on where we put fluid into the body, essentially. Sleep has an impact on hormones. Uh, your food density, so how you know kind of much fiber and stuff like that is, is in the food we're eating. Our carbohydrate intake, again, more fiber, but also carbs are stored in our muscle. So, and we store that with water. Um, exercise, if we do some uh, any form of exercise, we're going to put increase our blood volume and we're going to essentially hold more water in the muscles, uh, in blood and in the muscles. Uh, our calorie intake, obviously, uh, but our fiber intake and our bowel movements as well. So, a lot of this stuff as well, especially when it comes to the hormones and the bowel movements and that kind of thing is, is we don't, we can't measure all that in any shape or form. So your weight is going to fluctuate. Um, so if we do just, let's say, a weekly measurement and let's say we're looking at the Saturday here, the red, this person weighs in on a Saturday and they're 75 kilos, 75 kilos, 75 kilos. So after three weeks, they're 75 kilos. This isn't working. What's the point in doing this? However, if we look at their average weight, daily seven-day average, so it's basically their seven measurements divided by seven, added up divided by seven, 74.8 kilos for the first week. Then it's 77.4 for the second week. So they're down 400 grams, the guts of a pound. After the next week, they're down another 500 grams, 70, their average weight is 73.9. 
So their average weight over the course of the three weeks has dropped 900 grams. That's two pounds. So they are getting results. But if they only weighed themselves on the Saturday, they would appear that they're not getting any results and they would give up. So that's why I don't recommend weighing yourself once a week. It's probably the worst time, to do the worst kind of a, a frequency to do it because, as I said, is the weight fluctuations and that kind of thing. And the other side of the coin is if we looked at on the Tuesday that they started off at 75.3 kilos on the Tuesday there, and they're now 73.5 kilos, that they've lost the guts of a stone, or sorry, lost the guts of two kilos over the course of the three weeks. And if they had only measured on the Tuesday, they'd be absolutely thrilled and delighted with themselves. So as I said, is is a huge factor um, in terms of how we use our scale weight. And it's not the number that we're looking at on each day. It's the average over the course of seven days that gives us such a huge amount of information because it takes all the noise of those fluctuations into account and gives us a far more accurate number to assess whether this is working or not. Now, this is from another client who did Momentum, and this is their kind of results over the course of the 12 weeks. Um, and all I want you to do is just look at the red arrows. Those red arrows are basically when they stepped on the scales, and the scales went up from their previous measurement. So over the course of the 12 weeks, their scales went up 37% of the time, over a third. That means more than one in three times you step on the scales, your weight's more than likely going to fluctuate an upward trend. And again, it's just fluid. It's not fat. So there's so many different uh, Z variables that can impact that fluid balance in our body. That's why I recommend doing it on a daily basis. Now, also, the thing is, is, what this does doing on a daily basis and seeing the fluctuations takes the power out of the scales. I know many people that hate weighing themselves and they kind of refuse almost to do it. But if we're looking at the goal is weight loss, um, we need to obviously be able to measure it in some way. But what we want to do is take the power out of the scales where if we step on it and goes up, we just realize that's just fluid. It's just some form of water. Or if it goes down two or three pounds, again, like I showed you, it can't all be fat. So again, it's just that fluid shifting in the body very various things that could have caused it. But again, we don't kind of jump up and down and go, yeah, I'm able to do three pounds in you know three days or whatever like that. Again, it, it just doesn't doesn't work like that. Um so then obviously we've done tests, we want to assess it, uh, have something that we can kind of measure against, and then okay, making progress. So is the average weight changing? Is this working? Uh, are the energy and hunger at a good level? Is this working? If the answer is yes, we simply keep doing what we're doing. It's working. But as I said, we're, we're looking at so many different things coming in to go and go, yes, this is working, rather than that one weekly measurement that, you know, we kind of, we're placing all our hope on just hopping on the scales and going, please be down, please be down, please be down, please be down. And it's not only that as well, as generally if you weigh once a week, you know the day before you're weighing, you're being as good as possible. And then if it doesn't change, if you don't like the number on the scales, you're your 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 most recent memory is of being so good and you're kind of like what's the point in doing this again very frustrating that's why the average weight is so powerful uh, and if it's not working as well that's good information so if we don't get the results on the average weight or if the energy and hungers are not it gives us huge amount of information that's data we can use that okay that didn't work let's change it let's adjust something what about that didn't work and then we uh, basically essentially, essentially change something, test it out again and go through it. So how I did all this uh, essentially with um, the 
So great question. Yes, absolutely. And that's very pertinent to what we've just gone through. So should you weigh yourself at the same time every day? Absolutely. So you want to get into a routine of this in terms of uh, if you get up, go to the toilet, boom, weigh yourself. And it's the same thing. You want the same, the exact same condition. So same time, um, same level of clothing or non-clothing, go to the toilet and then do it or you know wh- whatever it is in terms of uh, your routine that you, you need to measure like with like and one of the things as well is use your own scales and make sure your scales is, you know, kind of uh, reading relatively accurately for you and you can't compare it with another scale. So it's like if you're doing it every day and you go away for a weekend, and you know, staying in someone's house or something like that and they have a scales and you don't hop on their scales and go, oh my God, my weight's gone up. And it's like, it's, you, you can't uh, rely on that. So again, you just get, get into that absolute routine. So that's a great question. Um, so essentially, yeah, what we did was with the, the people doing this was uh, a deep dive call and lifestyle analysis. Again, essentially identifying where their starting point is, where their frictions are, what do we need to address to make following a plan much easier? Now, again, this is any plan we use to lose weight, there's going to have to be a level of restriction and effort into it. But we want to make sure we're putting the effort in the right places and we're putting restriction in the right places so that it doesn't feel like it's so hard. Um, or that we're on this diet and we can't wait to get off it. So um, we used a personalized habit tracker. So identify what we need to work on, identify a few habits that we're ready, willing, and able to work on, and we put it into a habit tracker. We want to track those habits to make sure that we're uh, doing what we said we would do, and there's accountability there. And then there's also the fact that we can look back and, and see, is okay, did we do this, yes or no? I also then... In terms of motivation side of things, is motivation isn't something we we get or we have. It's something we do. It's like an emotion, okay? And motivation can come and go, uh, just like being happy or sad or whatever like that. Um, but it's important to build the right level of motivation. So that's another aspect of kind of working with uh, people on momentum is kind of creating the right level of motivation or the right kind of motivation to go after what they want. Because no matter what happens, um, life is always going to try and get in the way and it's always going to throw a curveball at us. There's ebbs and flows of life. And the only way to get sustainable results is to have a plan that goes with those ebbs and flows. Um, as I said, like I, I had people um, doing this program and uh, one of them turned 40 while doing it. Um, they did not shy away on their 40th celebrations that the entire week was a celebration with their family, with friends, various different nights of going out. They still lost um, not necessarily they didn't lose weight that week, week, obviously, but, you know, we kind of, they still progressed on the program. As soon as the week was over, we got back onto the habits. They didn't completely bin the habits from the week, but they changed the habits to suit a celebratory week. People going on hands, all sorts of different things. Um, uh, then uh, a weekly momentum builder. So essentially a review of the week to assess what we've done and build on our kind of previous week. So that's the whole kind of key with momentum is that where we start is not necessarily where we're going to finish or, you know, and, and it, that's the kind of the key difference is you go on a diet. It's like, here's the diet. We started the diet and we're going to follow this diet for six weeks. And there's no easing in or anything like that. It's just, this is it. And this is what we're going to go with. Whereas with momentum, what's what I wanted to do with people is to kind of you build that in. As I said, like that lady I'm working with uh, who was not ready to join a gym. The goal would be to, at some stage, 
get her to a point of being ready to join a gym again build that in but the first thing is, is she needs to show up for exercise so once we have her exercise in a routine of exercising it's going to be much easier to add a little bit more exercise in add a little bit more exercise in and then get to the point where she's feeling um ready willing and able to kind of join the gym and then because it's kind of it is part of what she wants to get to as well so not not just kind of for, forcing her to join a gym rather for the sake of it um and then a weekly coaching call where i've reviewed basically a one-to-one coaching call and i go in depth into we review the week we assess see how things are working we change what needs to be changed we agree on it and then we kind of build forward from, from there so one of the things that's so powerful and this is the nuts and bolts of the the program essentially is the habit tracker and essentially it's a spreadsheet uh, you get it on the an app on your phone as well but we pick the habits that we wanted to choose uh, that we agreed upon again based on the friction and then we take off those habits as we're going along over the course of a week um so it's basically did i do this yes or no and that way when we can review the week we can look at if there's anything that's off if there's anything that we're not quite hitting. Now, this is the first week of this guy I was kind of talk, talking about here. Um, and uh, he's kind of nailing it 100%, 100%, 100%. However, hitting 100% is not the goal. We need to add an F, uh, there needs to be an element of a little bit of challenge kind of go, going in as well. So um, we may adjust some of these based on how he's doing, you know, that kind of maybe if he wants to get the results he's, he's looking for is we don't need to be kind of going, yeah, this is easy. This is easy. This is easy. It needs to be a little bit of an element of, um, of, uh, kind of t- tougher kind of habits to try and kind of in- instill and stuff like that. Not something where we're kind of getting 40% or 50% or something like that, but hitting 80, 90 is going to get results as well. Um, one of the key things with this guy is, um, we put in an evening snack at 9 PM. And I wanted to kind of touch on this because he would eat his dinner at six, six o'clock and he was going to bed at 12. That's a six hour gap. And he found it so hard not to eat and snack at nighttime. I was like, of course, it's six hours between your meals. You know, there's nothing in six hours between your meals. Six hours since you last eaten, then you're going to bed. Then you fall asleep. And obviously you're not getting ravenously hungry while you're asleep. But um, yeah, the key is, is that you can't go that length of time or you shouldn't be expected to go that length of time and not eat. Or his second pre-bedtime meal was like a couple of egg whites or whatever. Um, so I told him, I said, I recommended that I want you to pick a snack that you like eating, that's going to satisfy you, that's going to satisfy your cravings, whatever it is. And again, it's not a healthy snack. I'm not asking him to eat cottage cheese and feckin' carrots or whatever like that. Pick something that's going to satisfy you and you eat that at nine o'clock. And again, that's part of his plan. Now, his big thing was just like, why haven't I thought of this sooner? Like, this is like, makes so much sense to me. Why was I struggling so much beforehand? But again, we had to go really kind of into that deep dive lifestyle analysis to identify where his, you know, what was stopping him, where his handbrakes were. And then there's a couple other things on this as well, as we're tracking the daily weight for him, hunger was a big thing. His hunger is down nice and low um, over the course of the week, which would mean kind of great. It's working. Um, we're looking at, wins and i'll explain what those are in a minute um but essentially it, it, it's to to get your brain focused on the positive rather than we're so used to focusing on the negative and when we go on plans like this that we tend to um we tend to focus far too much on the um things that aren't working do you know and it's oh, i only lost a pound this week or oh, i wasn't good enough i had a bad week you know and that kind of thing and, and that has the opposite effect of making momentum and creating momentum. And the other thing, sorry, I just kind of want to uh, go through on that was, let me go back. Um, 
the different color here between, let's say, Sunday here, the white, um, is not on the screen here, but there's a little checkbox underneath, which is basically checked by me, checked by John. I check that, it changes the color of it, but it basically every day I'm going in and checking. And that's the accountability side of things that I wanted to, that, that, that I wanted to implement with it, is that is so important to uh, have that accountability where he knows I'm checking in every single day. So he's going to go in and check in every single day and be ticking off his habits. And as I said, as it doesn't matter if he doesn't hit 100% of his habits, that's not the goal. Uh, the goal is, is to get into this routine, make it really visible and conscious and put it top of mind that these lifestyle habits and behaviors um, are going to lead him to the healthier lifestyle that he wants. Um, but the key thing with this habit tracker as well is that it's not just you know tracking things it's actually based on neuroscience it's based on uh essentially your your kind of feel good hormones in the body neurotransmitters um and this is what i call feel better deliberately so we leave a lot of this up to chance normally and we tend to do the opposite and make ourselves feel worse so just to explain kind of what we're using so dopamine is the motivation hormone um and essentially what What's really interesting with dopamine is that it, it, it a lot of dopamine is released in the pursuit of a goal, not the achievement of the goal. So it's not the actual getting of the goal. It's the actual setting of it and making progress towards it. So if we can make progress towards it and tell ourselves we're making progress towards it, i.e. ticking off each of those boxes each day as we're going along, you know, telling you're literally showing yourself you are making these progress, you are taking steps towards um, this progress that releases little hits of dopamine every single time, which means we will feel more motivated. Now, if we're not doing stuff or if we tell ourselves, oh, I didn't do this today and I didn't, you know, I should be eating healthier and I should be doing it, blah, 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 that has the opposite effect that we're actually downgrading our, our dopamine levels. Um, Serotonin is another one. It's it's kind of uh, very relatable to confidence, self confidence, self belief, stuff like that. Um, and that's where the wins kind of come in. And essentially, what I asked them to do is, is is pick wins, pick something that you've done that you can call it a win in terms of yeah, I did this well today. Um, and, and again, the beauty about this is it's your brain, so it's your decision whether it's a win or not. Uh, a lot of people are oh, you know I've done this before, and people are like. I'm not sure if this is a win. It's like anything is a win. You leave so left someone out in traffic, it's a win. Um, you know, you, you ate an extra serving of vegetable, it's a win. You went for a walk, it's a win, whatever it is. But by telling yourself this, you're releasing serotonin. You're basically creating an achievement mindset. And a lot of this as well is like, it's like a mental diet. You're feeding yourself good, positive things all the time, as opposed to going on to social media and the news and seeing negativity, negativity, negativity. Um, that's essentially feeding yourself a, a negative mental diet as opposed to a positive mental diet. Oxytocin then is also known as the love hormone. Um, easiest way we get oxytocin is just by bonding, connecting with our uh, our loved ones, even pets and stuff like that. Um, uh, but um, it has been shown we can increase it by showing gratitude. And really important in terms of a lot of people that I've spoken to is like, you know, the, the question of is, well, do I deserve this? Um, and, and again, is that's where we need to have that love hormone kind of coming through our body so that, you know, we, 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 we do love ourselves and feel like we're, we're capable and deserving of getting these results. Um, so as I said, this comes with, with looking after yourself, but as I said, is if you're following a plan and you're doing it on a consistent basis, well, that's self-care. That's, essentially loving yourself and again can 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 help we're looking at boosting these 
feel good hormones in the body. And then not, 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 lastly, endorphins, uh, feel good hormone, uh, it also helps with relaxation. It comes from exercise. More to the point, it comes with progressive exercise, so getting fitter, getting stronger, uh, pushing yourself that little bit more will release more endorphins in the body. Um, and again, kind of to bring it all together is, is if we feel good more of the time, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to make better decisions and we're going to want to keep doing what we're doing more of the time. So then, um, no problem, Ursula. All good. Thank you very much for joining. Um, and so essentially, momentum. Um, it was a 12-week intensive one-to-one -one coaching program designed to transform your life and health. Uh, including, as I said, those four things with the deep dive call and lifestyle analysis and the motivation or the momentum personalized habit tracker, the motivation creator and the mo momentum builder, as well as a weekly one-to-one -one coaching call. Now, the people that have done this have done this for 1500 uh, for over the course of 12 weeks. But what I'm trying to do is, and this isn't really kind of what I'm trying to do, but uh, people have asked me about it already. Um, and I, again, it's, it's something separate to the gym, but um I want to see if it will work over the course of eight weeks because essentially what has happened is, is that as the program was getting towards the end, it's kind of like some of the calls that were kind of just chats. <laughs> you know, it's like they, it's like yeah, it's working really well. Yeah, you taught me everything. Yeah, it's perfect. All habits, all lifestyle. Boom. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so I want to see if it can work over the course of, of eight weeks. Um, plus as well is, is twelve weeks would bring us beyond uh, Christmas. And um, so if you wanted to do, if you were interested in it, um. I, as a member of SF Fitness, I'd give it to you for $6.99, um, but I honestly do only have two spaces to do the one-on-one -on -one side of things. More to the point, what I wanted to kind of do is more of a proof of concept, um, is that can I do this in a group? Um, so a group coaching program. Now, a lot of this would still be done on the one-to-one -one side of things, an individual habit tracker, an individual deep dive lifestyle analysis, um, uh, individual weekly momentum builder and stuff like that. But the group call there will be a group call um, and I'm thinking to do it on a Sunday at 7.15 p.m. This would be recorded as well, but where I touch on specific points and then individually, if you needed some help, we could do hot seats or we could do that kind of via WhatsApp voice notes and, and, and stuff like that. But rather than booking specific weekly coaching calls, again, I, I want to see if I can kind of help more people with this. And But if I'm going to do this again, I'll do it is that it'd be $2.99 for the eight weeks, um, but I would need a minimum of five spaces, uh, five people to, to kind of do this and run it as a proof of concept. Because what I'd like to do then is introduce this as a kind of a signature program for SF Fitness for people joining the gym post-Christmas, January, February, and stuff like that, and have it as really kind of a foundational kind of program that people can kind of start off, uh, you know, and nail in all these kind of habits and then build themselves into you know, kind of the, 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 the healthy, fitter lifestyle. So if you are interested in, in actually doing the program, because I know some people already asked me about it, um, email info at sffitness.ie. Let me know if it's group or one-to-one -one that you're interested in. Um, and I can kind of send out the information on it. But essentially what we do is we'd set up a deep dive call. So there's no, um, you're not committing to anything straight away. We get on a call, go through the lifestyle analysis, see exactly where you're at and see if momentum is right for you. But, uh, ignoring kind of all of that um questions on this ask me anything in relation to uh what we have done and if you want to just unmute yourself um and fire away with questions so as i said i know there's a lot of stuff that we've gone through so feel free to fire the questions at me i love this part is that you have like no no questions at all 
No, you just basically explained everything perfectly, John. Thanks, Emil, for that. That was great. Fantastic. Uh, I have no questions on the daily weight side of things or blah, 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 nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Um, I want to play a game then with you, okay? So it's called Healthy or Not. Um, so I'm just going to try and find, just before we finish up, um, I was going to put this into, uh, let me escape from there. This is my favorite game. I created it myself. I'm going to see if I can get a, turn it into a board game. Um, let's go share this. Okay. Give me a second. Zoom doesn't want to play healthy or not. Try it one more time. Perfect. Okay, so now you have to play. Water, healthy or not? So you can type in the chat or you can unmute yourself. Or maybe, uh, hope you can unmute yourself that I'm not uh, blocking you off from being muted. Uh, so type it in the chat, healthy or not, water. Yes, healthy. Perfect, good stuff. Okay, we're all off to a flyer. Healthy, 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 healthy. Uh, there's a condition known as hyponatremia, which in severe cases, uh, if we have too much water, the brain may swell, uh, causes headaches, seizures, Put us into a coma and we can die too much water is bad for us not healthy so we'll try again broccoli healthy or not yes healthy, healthy. i see carol you're you're going to see a pattern here aren't you carol so again, <laughs> then I think of, okay yeah broccoli's nice and healthy with us but there is a uh, some indication of a positive association between the consumption of cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower and broccoli uh, and thyroid cancer in Melanesian women. Uh, and essentially, they, 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 it's due to kind of low iodine intake and, and stuff like that. So here's the key is that is like if you're from uh, if you if you if you're, if you're from New Caledonia, Broccoli could be very unhealthy for you because it could cause thyroid cancer. Um, now, again, this was just a select genetic group of people that it was extremely bad. Now, you would have to eat an awful lot of it in order you know, for us. But essentially is, is that uh, it's like going back to that kind of um, the spectrum thing I was talking about. It's, 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 it's on a spectrum. It's not either black and it's not black and white. And it, it never is. So next one then is salt. Healthy or not? Yes, in moderation. Yes, I agree, in moderation. Salt, healthy or not? not. Based on the pattern, it Nobody depends. wants to answer now. <laughs> in moderation, oh, we're getting, we're, we're getting there. And it's not even in moderation. There's another, there's a better word. Uh, so with salt, again, uh, if we have too little salt, it can essentially overhydrate us, which leads 
to hyponatremia. And in severe cases, the brain may swell and lead to headaches, seizures, coma, and even death. So again, uh, and again, when we look at, you know, Panadol, take it. If I have a headache, I take one panadogram. If I take 10 of them, I'm in shock, shock and trouble. So it depends, not even in moderation. It depends. And it all depends on you, you as an individual, when we're looking, looking at things. It's context, certain conditions in which they can be healthy or unhealthy. So we can't necessarily label specific foods as good or bad. Um, and what we think we know isn't always correct. So we've kind of, kind of got to let it kind of let it go. And, you know, if we eat some chocolate, is that healthy or is it unhealthy? But if we're eating a, let's say, sharing a dessert with a loved one or having a dinner party and we're having dessert with dinner, you know, and stuff like that, that whole social environment can be a very healthy experience. And that, again, yes, if I'm having a dessert for breakfast, lunch and dinner, blah, I'm probably over consuming and gaining weight. But if you're having this as part of a plan that is helping you lose weight, it's going to be healthy. Um, and that's the key um, in terms of looking at things. So, uh, Claire, uh, I presume I think that question was how much is healthy in relation to water. Again, it depends. It's entirely dependent on you as an individual. So there's no magic number of anything that's going to work for, you know, me able to kind of sweeping statement that you can kind of say is uh, when it comes to water is we don't want to be thirsty. That's one kind of key uh, indication. And another thing is then the color of your urine. So it should be light straw color. So if it's clear, we're probably overhydrated. And if it's very dark, we're probably underhydrated. And that's essentially how we figure out how much water to take. For some people, that could be a liter of water a day. Uh, for some other people, that could be two or three liters of water a day. But with, uh, let's say, to go back onto the uh, momentum program that I've been running with people is... A lot of them weren't drinking a lot of water at all to start off with. So the goal was, like, how much water are you drinking a day? Maybe two glasses. Okay, let's hit three a day. That's it. That's the goal. That's the habit. Can we put into that, that as a behavior? And that's essentially what I'm talking about in terms of making things as least friction as possible. So by doing that, uh, it gets done. And then once we're on a habit of three a day, then we go to four a day. Once we're having four a day, then we go to five. And then we find out, okay, well, that's maybe about enough or whatever it is. Um, but again, it all has to come into, well, are we getting the results we're looking for? Is the energy levels going up? Is the water intake, because even with, with, with uh, water intake, if we're thirsty all the time, the brain can actually confuse that with hunger. So there's lots of, you know, kind of reasons behind all these, you know, the habits and stuff like that that I'm reckon, re recommending, but it's all based on a lifestyle analysis to assess that, you know, where you're starting from, what is the best course of action for you to take in order for you to make progress. And remember, it's, it's just about turning that dial in the right direction. That's how you started. That's how you can build the, the momentum to actually kind of uh, make lasting progress, make long-term progress, uh, as opposed to, as I said, is speaking to all of you and know you've all tried these quick fix diets and stuff like that. And again, they just get us nowhere. Perfect. Thank okay. You. Well, thank you very much for joining me and for spending your Sunday evening with me. Um, I feel very privileged. Thank you very much. And I will see you all in the gym very soon. Some maybe bright and early in the morning tomorrow. Thanks all right, for listen, cheers, guys. Thanks a million for joining. Thanks, John. Thank you. Bye.